When we eat our food with the right energy, pranamai kosha gets activated, the energy sheath. When we eat our food with the right thoughts, manomai kosha, the emotional body, gets activated. And when we deeply know the food we are eating is prashad, an offering from the grace of the divine, we have activated the Vigyanamai Kosha, the wisdom sheath. And when this food, when it is completely digested and we feel alive, light, contented and loving, the Anandamai Kosha is activated. Feeling the bliss of love. So food has utmost importance in Ayurveda. Ahara is the prime need of every individual, every living creature on this planet Earth. One of the most popular and important sutras in the original Ayurveda texts is Ahara, Nidra and Brahmacharya are the three weight-bearing blocks of our physical structure which balance our body and support the life within. As I just mentioned, ahara, when loosely translated, is the food that we eat through our mouth. But it is ahara is much, much deeper than just the food that goes into our mouth. Nitra, loosely translated, is sleep. And most of you might be familiar with Yoga Nidra. It is a very relaxing sequence of asanas that is recommended to do before going to bed because that will take us to the restful period and hopefully to a deep sleep state. So Nidra is sleep, yes, But again, if we dive a little deeper to understand the real meaning, it is complete relaxation. Complete relaxation when you are in alignment with creation, when all our nervous system, all our sense organs are in an equilibrium. where we really are contented in life, when we are truly joyful in life, when we are really working or serving the purpose of our life, that's when we are completely in relaxed state. Complete relaxation is living a contented life, I feel. So that is the real meaning of nidra, is when you are completely satisfied, contented with life. What comes to me is, since we are talking about food, I think this will make a good example. When we have a very good meal, maybe it's your favorite dish, or something that is put together so well that you have a nice satiety after you have eaten it, not just feeling full and happy, but there's that satiety level has hit the optimum level. That is 
nidra that is completely satisfied in life and when you are completely satisfied there is a deep sense of relaxation in the blood flow in our body there is a complete relaxation the way our nervous system works in fact our breath becomes relaxed and calm and that is what i feel is nidra and brahmacharya the other weight bearing block in ayurveda when you google brahmacharya the definition is a celibate life you know practicing celibacy that is correct but again the deeper meaning of brahmacharya is if you break that word brahma and charya brahma means the divine the creator charya meaning the path so brahmacharya is the path to knowing our own creator so living a righteous life living a high integrity life living for what we have come in this life really makes us a brahmacharya you don't have to be a renunciant you don't have to wear a ochre robe you don't even have to practice celibacy in the deepest sense what it says is a life of self control and that self control is with the capital s that really is brahmacharya so ayurveda nutrition is really founded on the sutra ahara nidra and brahmacharya are the three weight bearing blocks of our physical structure which balance our body and support the life within and if you want to translate it it would be in common language food mind and living a life using our discriminative wisdom is what ayurveda says are the three building blocks that support our life the pathway to knowing our higher self Namaste everyone this is Akshita We are heading into spring season now the weather is getting warmer the nature is looking prettier we are all coming out of our winter hibernation I thought of doing an episode maybe a series of episode let's see how it goes uh, on ayurveda nutrition food food is the main pillar in ayurveda when we eat food to our unique body constitution to our unique dosha food becomes medicine in fact it's more appropriate to say food becomes prashad when we eat it in accordance to our body constitution prashad is the offering from the creator it is the blessed food 
that really nourishes our body, mind and soul. So Ayurveda nutrition is very close to my heart. It's all in the food that we eat that really makes us who we are and it also gives us the intelligence, the wisdom to live the life the right way, I feel. So we'll be covering a lot on Ayurveda nutrition. Um, maybe I'll make them into different episodes. First, we'll go through the basics um, on what is Ayurvedic nutrition. We'll cover the wrong food combinations because that is very important. Ayurveda has clearly prescribed certain food combinations that can create a lot of imbalance to our body, can make our mind indifferent to life. I love going to Indian restaurants and having Ayurveda food. Mango lassi, it's bloody delicious, my all-time favorite. I can have it any time of the day and dal makhani with naan is so comforty and filling so I am familiar with Ayurveda food. This is what was shared to me by one of my clients from UK who had come to me for Ayurveda consult on indigestion and IBS issues. By the way, did you like the British accent I created with the accent generator software I just found on the internet? I thought of bringing some fun to this episode. Well, this may come as a surprise to most of you. I would like to break down this myth. The food we eat in any Indian restaurants, be it here in the US or anywhere in the world, is not Ayurvedic food. Let me make it more clear. The food we eat in any Indian restaurant is Indian food, not Ayurvedic food. It really breaks my heart to tell people that the infamous mango lassi is not an Ayurvedic food, nor is the popular dal makhani. In fact, both of these can be the best examples to describe Ayurveda wrong food combination dishes. For those of you who may not be familiar with mango lassi, it's a freaking delicious creamy drink made with mangoes, yogurt, milk and sugar. And dal makhani is a popular lentil spicy curry made with milk and cream. Having said that, does that mean I never indulge myself with mango lassi or dal makhani? Hell no. I do enjoy having them whenever I'm on holidays or whenever my taste buds crave for it. And when I have them, I totally enjoy and relish it and not keep thinking, oh, this is wrong food combination. What is it going to do to my digestion? Never, never eat with fear or with a negative mind says Ayurveda. In fact, this is more harmful than the wrong food combinations 
we will be learning in this episode. I also want to break down another big myth that Ayurveda food has to be Indian food. This is totally wrong. In fact, it is an insult to the universal principles of Ayurveda. The universal concepts of Ayurveda can be applied to any cuisine and you can make any food Ayurvedic. In my own life, I don't eat Indian food every day. So I make my Italian dishes, Mexican dishes, Middle Eastern dishes Ayurvedic. Have you ever pondered why we eat food? What is food? The simple answer that might come to our minds is, yeah, we need food to keep this body healthy. That's a logical answer as well, right? But Ayurveda goes much, much deeper. It's not just the food that we eat with our mouth. That is food. In Ayurveda, food is called as Ahara. These all words come from the ancient Sanskrit language. The information that we consume through our eyes is also Ahara, food. The sounds that we listen through our ears is also food. The smell that entices us in this creation is also food. The touch of our loved ones, family, friends is also food. So in Ayurveda, ahara, when loosely translated, is food. But its deeper meaning is the food that we consume through all the five sense organs that keep not only this body healthy that we see through our two eyes, the physical structure, which is called as annamai kosha, the sheath that is made with anna, meaning food. Most of you might be familiar with the five koshas and if you have studied or practiced yoga in your life, you most certainly know about the five koshas. When we eat our food with the right energy, pranamai kosha gets activated, the energy sheath. When we eat our food with the right thoughts, manomai kosha, the emotional body, gets activated. And when we deeply know the food we are eating is prashad, an offering from the grace of the divine, we have activated the vigyanamai kosha, the wisdom sheath. And when this food, when it is completely digested and we feel alive, light, contented and loving, the Anandamai Kosha is activated. Feeling the bliss of love. So food has utmost importance in Ayurveda. Ahara is the prime need of every individual, every living creature on this planet Earth.
Everything in this creation is food. Let's just wrap our mind around this. Everything and anything that we see and perceive on this planet Earth is truly ahara, food. When one creature upon death becomes food to another creature, everything in the ultimate sense is food, is simply food. Chandogya Upanishad says, the food that is eaten gets divided into three parts. The gross part becomes the excreta, where we discard it through our bowels, hopefully every day. The medium part, the medium gross part, becomes our flesh. That is what keeps our tissues, our datus, nourished and healthy that keeps our physical body, the flesh. And the subtlest part of the food that we eat becomes the mind and that is called as antakarna. So this tells us how important food ahara is for us. Ahara shuddha, sattva shuddhi. From purity of food comes purity of mind. Let me repeat it. From purity of food comes purity of mind. So what we intake through our mouth, through our five senses, is really creating and building our mind. So in the highest spiritual sense, what we eat, the food, the ahara, is really to awaken the soul that is almost sleeping in this ignorant mind or in our ignorant body. This is food for thought, right? In the ultimate sense, ahara becomes a vehicle to awaken the soul within us. There are many meanings in Sanskrit for ahara, as I had mentioned. Before ahara is food, it can be food through all the five senses. But ahara is also giving shelter. So what kind of food we intake, that quality of shelter we offer to our ego, that kind of desires we foster within ourselves, what kind of ambitions we are striving for is directly connected to what ahara we are relying on. If you're blessed to meet with a spiritually awakened saint any time in life, they can exactly pinpoint your soul's journey by just asking about your ahara or just watching you 
eat your ahara, they can clearly tell us where we are in our evolutionary ladder. Let me share with you something very interesting. The journey of our soul. How did we come into this creation? How did the soul travel all along? Is very well described in the Bhagavad Gita. Bhagavad Gita gives us the soul's journey. We don't start as human beings. In fact, the first form the soul takes starts in the mineral kingdom, where the soul is covered with five koshas. All the koshas are present in the minerals. After living many, many, many years in the mineral kingdom, the Annamai Kosha comes out. The teachings tell us that mineral has existence. That's why it sparkles. It does not have life yet, but it has existence. After many years of living in the mineral kingdom, the Pranamai Kosha is unfolded and the soul enters the plant kingdom. When we see plants, they have existence and they also have life because Pranamai Kosha is opened in the plant kingdom. The soul in the plant kingdom is sparkling with life for the first time. After many, many years of living in the plant kingdom, the Manomai Kosha is opened and then the soul enters the animal kingdom. Here, the animals not only have existence, they have life force, but also the special gift, mind, as the Manomai Kosha is opened in the animal kingdom. That's why Dogs are our best friends because they know how to feel and respond to us. Then living for many, many years in the animal kingdom, finally the Vigyanamai Kosha is opened and the soul enters the human body. The discriminative faculty comes with the gift of free will to discriminate between what is good and what is bad, what is right, what is wrong. And this can be practiced using Vigyanamai Kosha, bestowed only on the human species. That is why the Vedanta teachings tell us this is the ultimate species in the evolution ladder. And from taking birth as a human being, we have inbuilt righteous duty to know who we are, why we are here, what is the purpose of life. All this can be asked by being a human species. I hope you found the journey of soul fascinating. 
If you want to know more about it or want to dive deep, get into Vedanta teachings. Read this in any Bhagavad Gita. I have taken it from my guru Paramahansa Yogananda's uh, Bhagavad Gita, God Talks to Arjuna. Ayurveda wants us to use this discriminative faculty, the gift bestowed on us, the human beings. We need to use our Vijnanamai Kosha, our discriminative intelligence, to pick the right ahara so that we can live life to the fullest, keep mind pure and agile, body fit and strong, and emotions grounded and balanced. So before we get into the wrong food combinations, let me share with you few Ayurveda guidelines on intake of food. What comes to my mind right now is in our busy multitasking world, we tend to eat the same breakfast day in and day out. Just for an example, we may be eating oatmeal all seven days of the week or a bowl of cereal every day. That is strongly discouraged by Ayurveda. And the reason is very simple and logical. Do you get up with the same emotions every day? Do we have the same mindset? Do we think the same thoughts every day? When you open the blinds or your curtains early morning and look at nature, does nature look the same every day? Does sky look the same every day? No, right? Every question I have asked, the answer is no. We are dynamic. Nature is dynamic. Nothing is same, even for a fraction of a moment. And that's the beauty of this creation. So Ayurveda says, take time to look at yourself. Do a quick one-minute check on your emotions, on how you're feeling. How is your body? Is it tired? Is it energetic? How is your digestive fire? Is it strong? Are you really very hungry in the morning? How are your emotions? Are they loving? Are they kind? Or are you angry? Or are you upset or something? Depending on how you feel mentally, emotionally and physically, that's how you should pick your food. Because it is the food that helps you to keep you balanced. Food is medicine. Food is prashad. If you keep eating the same food every day without giving any respect or regard to how you're feeling, the digestion shuts off. It is giving you a sign by saying if it's energetic, do something really nice. Take about 15-20 minutes of your day and make a good breakfast for yourself. If you're feeling really low, 
had a big fight with someone or you're depressed or what not if you have low dark emotions erupting eat something light oatmeal won't do at that time oatmeal needs good digestive fire it's high in fiber so these are the guidelines given by ayurveda is feel get to know yourself just don't go on a mechanical mode and keep eating the same thing again and again that will dull your mind there won't be energy there won't be enthusiasm in life you have to know feel and respect your body and mind such a simple principle but reaps many benefits and this doesn't apply just for breakfast i'm just taking this as an example but it applies to anything we put inside our mouth or through our five senses especially when i have single women clients and they are going through a bad relationship coming out of a toxic relationship or what not don't watch sad movies don't watch violent movies get into the habit of picking high energy things in life that itself will start correcting the imbalances in life so this is such a simple example so the mantra is variety is the spice of life bring variety in your diet have four or five recipe ideas back of your mind or keep them ready in your pantry It doesn't have to be an elaborate breakfast where you spend hours making it no but listen to your mind listen to your emotions and then have the breakfast accordingly same applies to your lunch to your dinner because i have seen especially here in the us people love to eat the same food again and again it's convenience i get it but convenience doesn't bring happiness convenience doesn't make us joyful we have to put in some effort to keep this body healthy and my mantra has always been you take care of the body the body will take care of you it is just planning properly we take time to groom ourselves we take time to clean our homes we take time to you know do, do things in life we take time to go for workout we just have to take time we just have to make time okay i have to check with myself what does my digestive fire want to eat today try this it it might feel weird but it works it's the science of ayurvedic eating ask yourself ask your higher intelligence ask your stomach because that's the second brain even the western medicine is calling our gut the second brain now ask what it wants to eat your taste buds will answer by salivating if you pick two three dishes you will see the dish that the stomach wants you will salivate more on it you just have to pay attention pay attention to your body pay attention to your emotions pay attention to your mind you will automatically pick the right ahara for yourself it took me a while to do it it just needs a little bit of planning let's talk about water ayurveda doesn't prescribe a general rule drinking 8 glasses of water every day 
it again tells us it all boils down to the one simple question what is your constitution what is your dosha drink accordingly eat accordingly this is the only dogma if you will in ayurveda is eat to your body constitution drink to your body constitution in fact ayurveda says drink only when you feel thirsty eat only when you feel hungry but there are certain general guidelines of how to drink water and i would like to share this here since it does come into ayurveda nutrition when we are having meals there are three meals generally in a day breakfast lunch and dinner ideally it is best to not have any liquids 40 minutes before you take a meal best case scenario it is best not to have 1 hour before meal and 1 hour after meal is what i generally tell my clients there are few exceptions like if your digestive fire is weak and you are taking any ayurveda herbal drinks or supplements which have the deepana action meaning it stokes the digestive fire then ideally they are suggested to be taken 30 to 40 minutes before a meal if you're taking it with warm water or any other anupana that is the accompaniment so if you're taking any ayurveda herbal supplements to stoke digestive fire you can take it 30 to 40 minutes before a meal but if you're just drinking plain water or you're going for any juices or coke or aerated drinks aerated drinks are really discouraged in ayurveda but any liquid generally it is suggested not to have 30 to 40 minutes before lunch best is 1 hour before a uh, meal not lunch sorry and same goes true after having a meal keep a gap of at least 40 minutes to 1 hour after having a meal not taking any liquids this is very important because if we immediately have any form of liquid after a meal it dilutes our digestive enzymes and it lowers the digestive fire and the food is not properly digested so it's very important to practice this as much as we can to not to have any liquids at least 30 to 40 minutes before a meal and to stay away from liquids best 1 hour after meal ayurveda ideally suggests that any meal we eat should be unctuous it should be cooked and it should be fresh and warm to eat in case your meal is not unctuous in nature it's very dry then it is okay to sip warm water just few sips while you're having the food the key is you have to sip not gulp and the water should be warm so that it doesn't dilute the digestive enzymes and you just sip occasionally if the food is not unctuous 
but when you are having a good unctuous meal you really don't need any liquids so that is something i also wanted to share here let's discuss a little about cooking cooking must become a form of devotion to our annamai kosha setting up an ayurvedic kitchen starts by making the commitment to cooking and eating at home this sets up the journey to healthy living and high thinking once we get devoted to keeping our annamai kosha balanced and healthy kitchen becomes the second sacred room in our home next in line after the prayer or meditation room this is the place we come with reverence to cook satvik meals and food becomes prashad i strongly stress to check your attitude while you cook not in a right mood angry bitter going through grief toxic emotions i strongly suggest don't cook during this time i tell my clients order a takeout or go out and eat but please do not cook when you are in a very low and dark emotion phase food cooked with these vibrations can be more harmful than eating wrong food combinations in the beginning i was not drawn to cooking i loved eating good food but not cooking when i moved to the us i had a hard time cooking all three meals a day i used to end up eating out a lot then i started to notice my moods my energy my hormones everything went south that's when i started to pay attention on cooking slowly and steadily i started to like cooking because i was reaping many health benefits eating fresh organic produce and putting ingredients that i knew are good to me so my point is if i can change anyone can change believe me when health becomes number 1 priority we learn to cook period with practice i have gotten way better than i had started i craft recipes standing in front of my store today and all the dishes come out amazingly well i have learned to use my intuition to guide me in different recipes I also approach my kitchen with the mindset that I'm going to make healthy scrumptiously delicious meal not as a boring chore or cook mindlessly I pay attention while I'm cooking sometimes I do play spiritual mantras or recite a prayer while cooking it becomes an active form of meditation and truly relaxes the mind you may want to try it everything needs practice we cannot get better at anything 
without practice and consistency. One more thing that comes to mind is offer prayer and gratitude before eating any meal. This is so, so important. This is deeply ingrained in the yogic and Indian culture to pray before eating. And I'm sure many cultures in the world practice this. I would like to share with you my guru Paramahansa Yogananda's prayer for food. Divine Mother, give us food, health and prosperity for the body, efficiency for the mind and above all, thy love and wisdom for the soul. Om, peace, amen. I think Ayurveda can be called as a consciousness-based lifestyle. Moment by moment in life, we are bestowed with the gift to make conscious choices in life. The cumulative effect of all the thoughts, all the words and all the actions have made the person who we are today. If you don't like the way you have turned out, it is simple to correct. Change your thoughts, change your words and change your actions. Every day we get three opportunities to nourish or punish our body and mind. They are called as breakfast, lunch and dinner. I sincerely hope you all will make a conscious choice to feed and fuel your body and mind with the right prana, right environment and right ahara. In the part 2 episode, we will learn about Ayurveda wrong food combinations. I wanted to share some basics and talk about the ahara aspect before we dived into wrong food combinations. Thank you for your time. Until we meet again, Namaste. Shanti, Shanti, Shanti.